Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to bring your word to your people. Father, we thank you that uh, we have this opportunity to come and to worship you and to gather together in this place. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat> so this older couple had, had been talking and, 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 you know, anytime you start talking, it gets more and more serious and the conversation turned to the, the husband asked the wife, what would you do if I died before you do? And she said, well, you know, I would probably try to find some other widowed or single girls and about my age or maybe slightly younger i'm still pretty active and i want to enjoy my life and be able to go and do and you know have some people to hang out with and, and socialize with and she said how about you and he said i don't know sounds like a pretty good idea i'll do the same <clears throat> man it's good to be back i, I missed y'all more than y'all miss me i'm sure um, it was a, a wonderful week with our kids, uh, <clears throat> uh, Madison Dupree and Reed Keller and the twins and Mary Page, and, and they did such a good job at Disney, and they, they won the National Beta Club Talent Contest, whatever. It was a, it was a really exciting time. Um, <clears throat> I listened to Scott. He did a fantastic job. I told him I don't know if I'm going to preach this sermon if, if heaven had a drive through window, but I mean, it doesn't sound like a bad sermon title. Um, <clears throat> but what we're going to talk about today is freedom. And it's pretty fitting, right? Fourth of July, and, and we talk about freedom and the freedom we enjoy in this country. But truthfully, freedom doesn't come from this country or from our Constitution or from, from, from any person, really. The freedom we enjoy actually comes from God. And so if you will, turn with me to Romans <clears throat> chapter 8, um, and I've said a couple times, I don't know that I can preach a sermon in the New Testament and it doesn't come something out of the book of Romans, but chapter 8 says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because Jesus, <clears throat> because the law of the, wait a minute, because through Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So when we have this opportunity to be free from the, um, the curse of the law and the law of sin and death, it's only because of Jesus that we have the opportunity to be free. And I really believe that we have this I don't know if it's us or if it's other well-meaning Christians or if it's just the devil attacking you, but, but there are a lot of times where when we're faced with a situation, we can't make good decisions yesterday. I mean, tomorrow because of something we might have done yesterday. And the freedom in Christ is knowing that what's in the past is behind us, and we are that, that, that first sentence, and I love reading this to my children, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when we become born again and ask for forgiveness, the condemnation of sin and death is not our cross to bear anymore. And I think a lot of times we get to where we have freedom, but we don't necessarily fully appreciate freedom. And I have a silly example, and it's amazing, and, and I, I, you know, God's an awesome God, and Savannah asked me not so long ago, how do you always come up with something that happened recently for your sermon? And the answer is, I don't know. God does it. I don't know. So I got my windows tinted in my truck one day this week. I don't remember. It was Thursday, maybe. 
And if you've ever gotten your windows tinted, you know the number one rule is, is you can't roll the windows down for 24 hours. And that doesn't seem like a big deal. It's not something. I'm going to tell you in 24 hours, I had a, a wasp in my truck. I had multiple flies in my truck. I had a bumblebee in my truck. I have people walk up and tap on the window and tell me to roll the window down. And I repeatedly reached them like, oh, can't do that. I can't roll the window down. And it seems silly that the idea of rolling the window up and down has got anything to do with freedom. But every time a kid or, or Crystal rode with me for a minute and, and uh, Savannah and, I mean, Caroline and Riley rode with me. And the first thing I said, do not roll that window down. Don't, 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 don't touch that window. Like they ever get in my truck and roll the window down anyway. But it was that consciousness of not being able to roll that window down that plagued me for 24 hours. And as funny as it sounds, it must have been Friday morning, because yesterday morning, about 9 o'clock, which is really close to 24 hours, it had to be really close, somebody knocked on my window, and I rolled the window down. And I'm like, oh, God, I rolled the window down. Well, in the conversation, I didn't tell him. I may have just screwed up my window, because he needed me, and I talked to him. And then when he left, I rolled the window. I'm like, Phew. I made it. But could you imagine walking around with the... Don't talk about freedom because I have sinned. I did this or I did that or I can't go there. They might know what I've done. And I, I really believe that part of the reason that the church, not today, not today. Part of the reason the church is empty today is because it's 4th of July and, and there are a lot of folks out of town. But part of the reason that the church is empty is because the world totes around that idea of can't roll the window down. So then they can't show up here. It would be like not being able to roll the window down and then pulling through the drive-thru. It puts you in the most awkward position possible. Well, if you tote sin around with you all day, every day, and you get invited to come somewhere where you think that they might expose your sin, it's a horrible situation. And the problem is, as us as the body of Christ, unfortunately, a lot of times remind people, don't roll your window down. Don't roll your window down. You, I know what you did. I heard what you did. And it's, I will say it's unintentional as a whole, right? It's unintentional as a whole. But the freedom that comes from being part of the body of Christ, even then, even folks here, even our folks, even well-meaning, spirit-filled Christians still walk around with the, oh, mm -mm, can't touch it. Oh, mm -mm, can't touch it. Because they're stuck somewhere in the back of their head that one time I did this. Or that one time I did that. And don't say you don't. Because if you ain't never done nothing you're embarrassed of, I'll come up, come up later we'll pray about lying. Because everybody got a little something. I mean, I'm the king of it. And as many times as I try to forget it, it Satan will bring it back to my remembrance. Every time we, like, oof, that one time I did that. Mm -hmm. Don't roll that window down. And it's a constant, I'm telling you, I'm 45 years old. I, I drove around for 24 hours looking at the window. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I rolled my window down in my truck prior to getting the tent done. That's not something I normally do. But for those 24 hours, it was pure teen agony. Because all I could think about is, I'm going to screw this up. Yet we walk through life with the same approach. We can't do, I can't be in that kind of relationship. Last time I messed it up. I can't have that kind of job. Last time I had that kind of responsibility, I messed it up. 
I'm not a very good parent because this time, one time I did this. See, that's the enemy bringing that to you because the Bible says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that we have been set free from the curse. We have been set free from the law of sin and death. So we should act like it. Pastor Scott did a good job last week. I I said that a minute ago. But he was talking about uh, one time, closer to the end of his sermon, he talked about being in another country and somebody harassing him and he have his American passport. And he felt like that was the freedom that he needed to be able to stand up for his rights. And it was a very good example. But how good of an example would it be that we walked around and said, I'm a Christian. I don't have to live under this condemnation. That, That our Christian passport leads into who we are and where we go and what we say and how we act. Because all of a sudden we forget that we're a child of the Most High God. And we just, well, you know, I hope it does okay. I wasn't so good, or I did this, or I did that, or this one time. I don't remember a single time God reminded somebody, hey, remember, you screwed up. I mean, even when the lady was, that committed adultery, right, and they brought her to Jesus and asked him, to, what do you say? The law says we should stone her, and Jesus said those without sin cast the first stone. Well, I'm not without sin, but I've been redeemed from the curse. So my passport says that I belong in heaven. All right. Um, so the number one question is this, well, how can I be sure that I get to live in freedom? Right. I, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I get it. I hear you. But I mean, what does freedom really mean? Well, Jesus said it, the gospel according to John. <coughs> excuse me. Um, eighth chapter, 31st verse to the Jews who had believed in him. Jesus said, if you hold my teaching true, you may really you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And then he answered, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. And how can you say that we shall be free? Right? So all they have is this slave mentality, right? Their history was written in the years of slavery in Egypt. And so the idea of slavery was very prominent in their minds, right? They had been held captive against their will. I mean, and even in these days, right, Paul talks about people having slaves and people being sold back and forth. But the, I, the mentality of being a slave is really prominent to these people, right? Really prominent to these people. In 34, Jesus replied, very, very truly I tell you, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs into it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, we have been set free. Now, you can be free and go sit in the jail cell with the door open and feel like you were in jail. But you can come and go, right? You can be locked in the truck for 24 hours and not be able to roll down the windows, but be able to open the door and get out at any point in time and feel trapped. Because the physical, in car, in, in, yeah, being locked up, <laughs> I can't say it, 
Being physically locked up is one thing, but being mentally or spiritually locked up is something completely different. But the chains still look the same. The bars still look the same. You still hold yourself in a stagnant place because you can't get over something that happened years ago because you think somehow that God is holding you back from your destiny based off of something that you did in your past. Now, if that was the case, how could Paul write two-thirds of the New Testament and say, I have wronged no one, knowing that Paul, when he was a little kid, held the jackets for them to stone Stephen, and then as a grown man went and hunted down the disciples of Christ and beat them and tortured them and threw them to the lions. How can he say, I have wronged no man? How can he say in Romans 8, therefore there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus? Because Jesus set him free. And once the penalty is paid, once we've been redeemed and been bought back, we're free. Now act like it. It's not a government that gives me my freedom. It's not a, a, a constitution that gives me my freedom. God created my freedom. And the truth is that our constitution is written on godly principles, which is why it's so sound. But we still, we still don't act like it belongs to us. One of the first sermons I ever preached, if y'all can remember back that far, I can't hardly... Y'all don't know how much I struggled with what I was supposed to say during communion. Mr. Bobby told me like four times before we started. I can remember that one sentence. I can remember the idea, but the words sometimes slip me. But the first sermon I ever preached was about property rights. And I, I said, if you went home today and somebody had a camper parked in your front yard and was living there, you would go berserk, right? Because you know your property rights and you know they don't belong there and you know they can't live there and you know they can't stay there. That's mine. But in this situation, in the spiritual world, we allow Satan to park all over our space and live in our space and hold us back when we have been set free. We allow something that has no authority over us to dictate what we do and don't do. Well, I can't witness to them because one time I said this. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you. I'm a better witness because one time I said that. Because then they say, well, I'm not perfect. Do, do you know who you're talking to? I'm so far away from perfect, we can't it ain't even close. Today, right now. We are still so far away, right? We're running a race. That's how Paul said. We're running a race. If you stop mid-race, do you finish? Can, can you win if you stop mid-race? I'm not perfect. I won't be perfect until I go home and be with Jesus, which gives me a better opportunity to be a good witness. Why? Because they go, you don't understand what I've done. Bro, let me tell you what I've done. Let me tell you where I've been. And I don't even have a good testimony. I mean, <laughs> I told somebody last week, and I wasn't bragging, but, and I've told y'all this before, I haven't missed church two Sundays in my life, but one time. We went to Disney World when the kids were little. We missed Sunday that, church that week. The next week, I came home and had a stomach bug. I missed Sunday two Sundays in a row, one time in my life. I don't have a good testimony. I didn't go do drugs and act crazy, and, but I mean, I've done plenty of stupid stuff. So the average person relates to me really well. Well, not really well. They probably get tired of me talking pretty quick, but it's okay. But we have been set free, and we should act like it. I guarantee you, if you went to the jail and you, you unlocked the doors and took off the handcuffs and said, you're free, 
Whoever's in the jail ain't going to stand inside the thing and go, are you sure I'm free? I mean, you positive now. I, I can be free, free. You're sure? I can go do whatever. I can eat whatever I want for supper. I can go wherever I want to go. I can sleep wherever I want to go. That's how free we are. And if you don't like it here, you're free to go wherever you want to go. I mean, I would think most of y'all got, I mean, most of y'all over the age of, how old are you? 12, 10, 8, 8. Most of y'all over the age of 8 got up and came here because you wanted to. Now, some of you with your spouse might have been because they said so. But, I mean, in general, it might be because you wanted to. You're free to make whatever choices you want to make. Why not live in the freedom of Christ to where we get to go and do? Why not live to where we're at our full destiny? We're accomplishing all of our goals. Instead, we sit back on the sideline and go, I can't do that because one time I did fill in your blank. The problem is, is God don't look backwards. God looks forward. He has destined and called us to be who we're supposed to be. And I don't want to be stuck halfway through the ride, <clears throat> sitting here going, well, I guess as far as God wanted me to go. 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 We are free. Um, oh, oh, oh. So to read this in. <clears throat> so most of the time I... Um, I read out of the NIV, right? I mean, that's what I... But, but, but this one is better in the Amplified. So Galatians... I had it written beside my little note. Read off your phone, dummy. Um, Galatians uh, chapter 3, verse 22. It says, But the Scripture has imprisoned everyone, everything, the entire world, under sin. Excuse me. So that the inheritance, the blessing of salvation, which was promised through Christ Jesus, might be given to those... Who believe in him and acknowledge him as God's precious son. Now, before faith came, we were kept in custody, custody under the law, perpetually. We were forever under the law, imprisoned for the faith that was destined to be revealed with the results that the law has become our tutor and our disciplinarian to guide us to Christ so that we may be justified and placed in right standing with God by faith. So when we, that's not what NIV says, right? That we may be justified. So the whole world had fallen short and been condemned into sin and the, the life of sin and death, right? But when Jesus came, he bought us back out of that and he set us free from being eternally trapped in this prison, eternally in bondage, eternally held down because of the sin nature, right? Because the sin nature came into man through Adam, right? Not through Eve, through Adam. And then it was passed down through the bloodline of humans over and over and over and over. And not until Jesus came with a supernatural birth did he broke that bloodline curse to redeem us from this penalty of sin. Because everybody was destined to hell. And I'd see people say all the time, well, if God is so good, how is he sending people to hell? He ain't. You are. The wages of sin is death and hell. And Jesus came that we were redeemed from that, that we were set free from that curse, right? So once we have been set free from the law of sin and death, 
how come we walk around with the heavy weight and burden of someone who was still under the law of sin and death? How come we can live not according to the Bible, but according to <clears throat> man, I'm trying to find the right word. We want we are more worried about what old wives' tales say or what old folks say or what Scott Hunter said that they said. We worried about what they said. We are much more concerned with what they said versus what God said. And the Bible says that we've been set free from all of that. So how dare we still stand in the cell in captivity under the law of sin and death? All right. Um, 1 Corinthians. Chapter 9. Verse 19. Now this is Paul speaking, right? <clears throat> and Paul says, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many people over as possible. Right. So Paul says, even though I'm free, I have been set free from the sin and death and I don't belong to anyone and nobody is nobody owns me. I become a slave to everyone through service. Right. <clears throat> to win as many as possible. Paul also said that if he could go to hell for the Jews, he would. And Paul's a better man than me. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win Jews. To those under the law, I came like one under the law, though myself, I am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those having, not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. So as to win, <clears throat> as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I became all things to all people. So that by all possible means, I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel. Right? So if we are free, then we should use our freedom to win as many souls as possible. When Scott's talking about last week, he's talking about it was 2,000 and 10,000. And I don't, I don't think we comprehend that. I don't think we understand what, I mean... Y'all, we don't. Y'all understand what ten thousand people look like getting saved in a week? Hey, look here. If we got ten saved last week. We'd be jumping for joy. <clears throat> one. I'll take one a week from now until we quit. One a week. But our goal is to preach the gospel and live in such a way that people want what we have. That we live in such a freedom that people want to know what makes you different. What sets you apart? That is our goal in life, is to walk us according to God's word so close that people are envious to the point that they're just break down and ask, what makes you different? And what a great opportunity to tell them about Jesus. When we have our freedom and we understand what God's word says and we're built upon God's word, we should use every avenue possible to win souls. Paul said, if I needed to act like a Jew, I acted like a Jew. If I needed to act like a Gentile, I acted like a Gentile. If I needed to act poor, I acted poor. If I needed to act rich, I acted rich. No, that ain't what he really said. But I mean, that's what he said. He said, I became all things to all people. That means if you want to talk about softball, I'll talk about softball. You want to talk about deer hunting, we'll talk about deer hunting. You want to talk about having tea parties, I'll have to get some tips, but I'll hold my pinky up and do whatever necessary. 
whether it's pleasant to me or not pleasant to me, whether it's what I want to do or not what I want to do. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win more people over to Christ. That's what Paul said. He said, I'm willing to do whatever it takes because I am free to do whatever I want to do. I choose to do my best to win as many souls as possible. <clears throat> um, Galatians chapter 5. Come on. Uh, verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled by keeping this commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because when we act like more like Jesus, I mean, Jesus was absolutely free to do whatever he wanted to do. He could get up when he wanted to. He could preach where he wanted to. He walk, I mean, they walk. Where do you want to go today, boss? Well, we're going that way. We're going to Bethany, or we're going to Bethpage, or we're going to Bethlehem, or we're going to Judea, right? Or we're going to Jerusalem. Everything he, I mean, he didn't, right? He walked according to God's word, but he was able to go in any direction. Let's get on that boat. Give me, give me that boat. Now I'm a, y'all go on out. I'm gonna finish praying. I'll walk out on the water in a minute. I mean that's freedom, right? That the boat left me. Oh man, I hope they come back. No, that's okay. We'll just walk on out there. He had freedom to do whatever he wanted to do. He had the power of God in him. Oh, I got the power of God in me. He was free to do whatever he wanted to do. I'm free to do whatever I want to do. And he took the opportunity of being on this planet to serve other people. I mean, right before he was killed, what did he do? He got down on his hands and knees and washed his disciples' feet. Because that's a power move, right? If you want to show somebody how dominant you are, don't you say, hey, man, can I wash your feet? What? He came here to serve. We are also here to serve. And like Paul said, we need to be everything to everybody now that's not saying well this is who i am and if you don't like me then tough did he say that he said if it was i need to act like a jew i acted like a jew if i need to act like a gentile i act like a gentile whatever i need to do whatever i got to do to win more souls whatever that is if it show up i want to show up if it's not show up i don't want to show up it's i have the freedom in christ to do what i want to do I want to win as many people over as possible. I want to walk in such a freedom that people are envious of what we have and how we look and how we talk and, and our possessions and our health and our faith and our worship that they want some of what we got. That's the best commercial. The best commercial is not beating someone about the head and neck area with the Bible. This is not a good commercial. You're going to hell. That's not a good commercial. They already know. And they can pretend like they don't all they want. They already know. Because let me tell you something. If you've got a little annoying voice in you, harassing you, and you're free, what you reckon their voice sounds like? It don't sound as nice as yours. They already know. They don't need the bad news. They need the good news. And the good news is we are free in Christ. And what the Son has set free is free indeed. So if it's acting like a Jew, I want to act like a Jew. If it's acting like a Gentile, I want to act like a Gentile. If it's having tea, I want to have tea. 
If it's, you know, skydiving, bless God, I'll try it one time. I mean, I think anybody can try it one time. It's whatever. It's whatever it takes to win people over. To use our freedom as the avenue, as the opportunity to win more people over to Christ. And, but to do that, number one, you have to understand that you are free, right? That you have been set free from the law of sin and death, right? That we know that, that that belongs to us, that that don't kind of belong to us, or sometimes it belongs to us, or if I haven't done anything dumb lately, it belongs to us. No, 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 it's a permanent. Jesus said that the slave does not belong to anything, but the son belongs to the family permanently. And we are permanently in the body of Christ and permanently set free. That gives us the opportunity to go into the world and preach the gospel and lay hands on the sick. That's our job. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for the freedom that you've given us through Christ Jesus, Father. We thank you for this country, Father, and we thank you for these folks. And we just give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Happy to pray with them.